Coming up with a brilliant performance in preseason game number three for the entire roster. Soup to nuts, top to bottom. Should the Brooklyn Nets even put Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, and Kyrie Irving back out there on the floor for the final game on Friday night? We debate that and also take a look at Dayron Sharp and Yuta Watanabe in their emerging roles for this team. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, friends, it is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there, you're going to find Doug Nori, owner-operator of DFSR. For all your daily fantasy sports rankings from DraftKings to FanDuel, he's got you covered. I'm Adam Arbrick, breaking down the New York football giants on the One Giant Podcast with my boy Andy Mack. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day, free on all those great platforms, and let you know, today's episode is going to be brought to you by Bet Online with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. And Doug, where we start is maybe talking about a little bit of rest for some of the stars here. Great performance, obviously, uh, in the third preseason game. Give you all the sample sizes we wanted. We're going to touch back in on that game again with some of these role players. But the big debate starts at the top here. Was that enough? Can we just go ahead and let these guys get some rest and think about the regular season? Yeah, uh, as we record this on Thursday, um, we have not heard whether the Nets' plan is to kind of roll with the same group out there or relatively the same group that they had in the last game against the Bucks, which looks very much like short of Harris and Curry returning uh, in time for the season. Harris looks on track to play, that this is going to be very close to what the rotations look like to start the season. So as of this time, we have not heard about what the plan is. We're going to debate about what we think the best course of action is so we can react properly <laughs> whenever, whenever we do here. I mean, I'm, I'm a little torn on this. It was one game, right? Like the other two games were a far cry from what we saw in this game. Reps are always good. The the wins and losses will start counting here, right, um, as soon as Wednesday. My gut says to play them for a half and just get that one more half of basketball, like real live game action basketball in with the saying, like, you know, let's keep the intensity. Let's build on some of the things we saw last game. That's my gut. I could be talked. I'm not. That's not a hill I'm willing to die on. I mean, do you have a strong feeling? I, like, but that I, that's where I would. That's where I would kind of land. But it's not. I could, I think I could probably pretty pretty easily convinced of any of the three scenarios. Like play the whole right. game, play half the game, don't play at all. I think I think for me they're probably all on the table. Yeah, I don't think. Um initially I thought coming off just buzzing buzzing off the high of that third oh, yeah. game I thought what else are we going to learn you, you put this really good energy really good vibe for the team out there let's just let that be the lasting you know memory and sense that this team has and that the fan base has going to the regular season now the thing that probably pulls me back the other way of saying get them out there continue to have reps is one first preseason game okay for Ben Simmons second preseason game pretty clunky Third preseason game, really strong. So it's not as though, it, you know, has it been steadily growing in the right direction? Sure, but there's not like there's enough there just to say, well, this is perfectly good, and we won't expect yeah. to walk out there for the opener and have some of those issues show up. So I think it matters specifically from a Ben Simmons standpoint. And then I actually, the way that I got to it where I think I 
want, I'll say I'll want them to play. Not that I'll die on that hill with you. But when I think about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and their mentality, they've already asked Kevin Durant, what do you think about from a minute standpoint? If I'm here, I'm playing. Like these guys all want to play. And I don't think that while they may like what they saw from one another, we talked about the practice and how they felt about their chemistry building. It's not like they came out of that game going, championship boys like we did it they want to go right back out there and start working they could have turned around today and had a horrible practice session so those things right short memory when you're an athlete of the highest level i think they're going to want to go back out there and if anything say let's try to build on it and by the way if it looks clunky that's another reason for us to be out there at least getting to your point a half whatever it is 15 20 minutes for these guys whatever it looks like it's probably worth it to do it and if none of them show up i'm totally fine yeah, I think that, look, you could always use the reps. New, uh, New England, geez. Uh, New Orleans is projecting to be a very good team. They have their own issues right now. Ingram has been kind of uh, on the mend. Zion's dealing with some issues. There's a chance that that New Orleans team is not a full-strength team. I really hope they are. I mean, that's like that could be just the Simmons and Zion returning to the court, each returning to the court in more than a year narrative alone is just really cool. Yeah. Uh, obviously, for this preseason game against Minnesota, I'm not sure where they are in the tune-up. Cat has been dealing with some uh, sickness stuff. They had not played full squads. So I think that I think in the end, I'm going to – okay, here's where I'm going to land. I'm going to land on more reps are better because the games are just going to count. And, and as soon as they start counting, I could see – I'm trying to think, like, what world would I be more annoyed at? If they look discombobulated again after having sat this uh, the last preseason game, would probably right. I would probably do some revisionist history for myself on, oh, maybe they should have played just to get some more reps in, right? As opposed to, I mean, what's the downside of them playing except for rest? Like, I don't think that rest is really an issue. And, and I can hear, though, well, what if they get injured? I, that can, that's non-predictable. Uh, yes, more in, more, the more minutes you play, the more likely you will get injured. That's just that's, that's solid math. I'm not sure if 15 to 20 minutes moves the needle in such a percentage difference of risk of injury that that should matter if you think that the payoff on the reps is worth it. So I think in the end, if they came out and looked – sort of clunky again after a week off because they didn't play in the preseason game, I probably would then go back and be like, man, they should have just gotten out there for that game against Minnesota. So I'm going to land there just as my own emotional hedge. And (laughs) very, very smart. Very, very well played. And, um, you know, if they go out and they get someone gets anybody gets injured in the first game of the season and they hadn't played in the last preseason, you go, well, you know, conditioning wise, you should have got out there. You can always go down a thousand spider web avenues. The other thing, I'll even take it beyond the, the, the three stars, which we know are the most important. I'll say it's also important. We knew we didn't have Joe Harris, haven't had Seth Curry, don't have TJ Warren. We're going to talk about some of these other guys and the players that were on the court in game three. But I think it matters as much for how guys are playing off of them as it does about those three, right? The best players in the game, I usually think they're going to figure it out. But giving guys like Nicholas Claxton in that starting unit, you you had Royce O'Neal in there, don't know, may need him to play a larger role to start of the season, potentially, going going into the the Dayron Sharps and the Utawata Nabes of the world and Patty Mills, everybody else. These guys still need to figure out how they fit around the superstars and playing off of them. And if anything, that third game was a good sample size, not only of how good the stars were, but also how good the supporting cast was around them. So more reps for your supporting cast is probably as much of a reason for these guys to get out there for at least maybe a, whatever quarter a half of, of basketball to give these other guys a sample size too 
Yeah, that's a great call because sometimes those other guys do get kind of cast aside as part of the discussion as just like because role players are role players. They get the expectation as role players will just be able to fit in into their roles. Like that is sometimes just assumed or a lot of times it's assumed because that's just the nature of how some of these guys play. But sometimes we gloss over it because the concentration is on Durant, Kyrie, and Simmons, right? And you just... I don't know, you don't factor in the role, guys, because you're just like assume that they'll go out and play their role. But, I mean, like you said, a lot of these guys are just new to the team. Royce O'Neal, new to the team. Uh, Markeith, new. Yudo, new. Like the all, basically everybody, right? So um, when that's the case, getting those reps alongside the, the, the big three is going to make a lot of sense, too. It actually will pay real dividends. So there you go. I'm fully, I'm fully with you, I think, now. There we go. I knew, I knew I'd get you there. And coming up here in a second, not only are we going to talk about Dayron Sharp and Yuta Watanabe specifically in this game, but I also have another player that I think it would be important in this final preseason game for the Stars to be out there with him in order to maybe continue to get a sample size of what his role could be going forward. All right, before we do that, got to talk to you about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online, the number one sport, uh, source for all of your betting info this season. They got you covered for uh, obviously for football every single Sunday. If you're not over on Bet Online uh, over there on Sundays, I'm not sure what to tell you. Basketball also gearing up for the season right now. Nets plus 750, uh, fourth best odds on Bet Online for the championship, tied with the Clippers. Bucks ahead of them. Do they even see what happened last night? Plus 700? Come on, Bet Online. Let's go get with the action here. As always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information. They got the live betting up to the minute scores, so you're never missing a beat of action. You head on over to betonline.net to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, so coming out of that third preseason game, which, by the way, obviously, if you were a part of the YouTube Live, the post-game coverage, it was absolutely awesome. And then Doug and I, after the podcast episode, stuck around there a little bit longer. Great interaction with some of the fans, some questions getting in there. So it was a lot of fun. Make sure that you start to check those out. We're going to be doing them all season long. But a couple of the things we didn't get to um, out of that last preseason game is a couple of these other key role players. We spent a lot of time on Nicholas Claxton, and I think justifiably so because he looked really good playing in tandem with Ben Simmons. But let's start with Dayron Sharp. You know, we talk about the evolution of players and their development, at least right now as we're pushing towards the regular season. Dayron Sharp seems to know exactly what his role is supposed to be, and it looks like I'll say the transition and the up-tempo style is going to benefit him on the offensive end as well. I wasn't sure if he was in the same get-out-and-run-and-occupy-space-and-take-lead-passes-from-Kevin-Durant-or-Ben-Sims-etc. He showcased that pretty successfully on on, uh, Wednesday night, and that gives me some optimism that this defined role can be something he can succeed at. You also noted the difference across these preseason games and maybe understanding where his value is going to lie. Yeah, sure. So this is a little bit, we talked about this on the YouTube live after the podcast, like you mentioned, but De'Ron Sharp, it's looking very much like his thing is going to be maybe situation dependent uh, for this team, right? He barely played against the Heat at all, and which was some, somewhat of a surprise, right? He was really kind of last guy off the bench in that game. But this game checked in at the four minute mark uh, for Simmons specifically. And, um, and I think that's going to be a sign of things to come when teams trend on the bigger side, like the Bucks do with Giannis and, and Lopez, or like, you know, we'll see later in the season, guys like Embiid, uh, Jokic got teams that are going to run more traditional centers or just have like just big back lines in general. Honestly, think about Minnesota, uh, like this now with Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. Like there's are some teams that just trend a little bit bigger across the board. I actually think you'll see 
Dayron in games a little earlier against those teams and maybe just not playing at all against teams that trend a little smaller. I think that if we're going to take preseason to be any kind of litmus for how the Nets plan to use him, I think that I was not a mistake, right? I think that is, hey, we could really use your size against Giannis and company against a, a team that's running Bam out of bio at the center and no one bigger that's coming in off the bench or guys that are going to spread the floor a little bit more. Your services aren't going to really be needed in those games. And I think that probably is correct. Um, I think that Sharp has shown enough to be able to handle those situations well enough, right? Um, he looks really super active. Last five steals last night uh, against, <laughs> against the Brilliant. Bucks. Brilliant. <laughs> right. Um, you know, got to the line. Has it's, it's never He's never been a lack of energy on his part. Sometimes just he's just out of control, right? Like it just, um, yeah. I don't think the full, a full situational awareness is there for him. But it's not an energy thing. So, I, I, yeah, I think that's going to be his role. I think I'm pretty comfortable with that. Yeah, I like him. Uh, yeah, I mean, we say the five steals and kind of chuckle because it's not like this is a guy who's picking pockets out there. But situational awareness, awareness of where you are on the court and understanding, hey, keep your eyes where on the ball handler and know that with a Ben Simmons out there with some of these other players, you can get opportunities for some errant passes, right? Some kind of desperation getting the ball out of your hands after they picked up the dribble. You can be productive in that role. So I, I like what he showed in these last couple of games. I don't know if it's worth mentioning or not. You know, he's near 60% from the line. Like all these things, I think, come into the back, not the preseason for his career to this point. All these things, I think, factor in when we just talk about over the course of this season, situational basketball, late game stuff where the Nets are going to be trying to balance the books of of having size and also having competency. So if Ben Simmons is going to be out there and Claxton doesn't show that he's cleaned up some of his free throws, maybe there's an opportunity for for um, for Dayron in that regard. And it's fine. Like I, I just like that he clearly has a, it seems like, I'll say this, the coaching staff, give them some type of credit here when we can. They seem to be formulating a defined role for him. That is a stark contrast for everyone in general on this team going back to last year. If Dayron knows these matchups, that's when I get minutes and when I need to perform at a high level, you can start to set expectations for him, which I think is a good thing. The other guy then that's worth noting here um, is obviously Yuta Watanabe. And just, you know, inside of this conversation, we were talking pre-podcast about the 15-man roster and what it's going to look like. We don't need to get into the nitty-gritty of the two-way contracts and who's maybe going to be up or down. The one thing we know for sure, at least I know for sure, is that Yuta Watanabe is on this roster. He's been consistently a part of the units that are coming in off of the bench, not necessarily the first guy, but among that first group. He's gotten early action, and he shows you exactly what I thought when, when I started to look at him from a scouting standpoint. Just athletic enough, just big enough, has the outside shot, can do things correctly consistently and that's all that you ask for in a player like this coming off the bench yeah look he I, th- this is not a perfect stat because of the way the games has trended but you'd have played uh the eighth most minutes on this team through the preseason right uh it, you know he played an extra game more than more than Kyrie so it's although I never mind because Kyrie still played more minutes than him but he out you know in terms of minutes he played more, a fractional more minute than Patty Mills right he outplayed Kessler by 10 minutes outplayed Mar- Marquis Forrest by 12 this is all to say that it was clearly working him like he's going to be part of this team right like he's going to be part of this rotation He'd helped himself by shooting 50% from three. Uh, obviously hit the transition three yesterday that made everyone just want to go, um, like, just shower off mode. Um, if that's going to be <laughs> if that's gonna be part Ooh, of the plan. Was, you know, Yuda! Yeah, actually put, you know, was it comfortable a little bit in transition, even putting the ball on the floor? And so I think that, I think he showed you everything you want it to be. If you're going to have, like, a stretch four like this, um, that's going to just, you're going to need to close out on like the Nets need these guys. And 
just adding that little bit of size in terms like not bulk but you know he just is tall he's a he is a taller guy this is a guy that really could look, has already looked like he's fit in very very well to what the Nets are trying to doing I think they're trying to do right I mean I think it's pretty clear I, the way that they, he he rotated on the first rotation in the first quarter against the Bucks. He played in combinations with the superstars. Like, those are all the signs. That's, that's all the signs. That's the biggest one. Yep. Yeah. Out there on the court with the guys, with the stars that you know are going to need to have continuity. As I, <laughs> I, I uh, comically texted you uh, during, that, during that game and said, Kevin Durant spoke directly to you, Watanabe, on the sidelines. He's clearly, he's clearly going to be a key, key member of this team. Going to be a part of it. He was saying, you need to be in your spot. That's all you need to know. And I'll, I'll just take it that step further when we talk about this rotation here. Before I do want to get to, I think, another very interesting thing that we can learn from this final preseason game. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, Nicholas Claxton. Let's just say it's Joe Harris for now in the starting lineup. When you think about the deficiencies at the line for Nicholas Claxton, for a Ben Simmons, and then the next wave of players that you want to bring into this mix here. Royce O'Neal is going to be in there, obviously. Maybe a little bit of Markeith Morris. Looks like he's destined to make this roster as well. But Yuta Watanabe, the benefit that you get there is all of the things that these other guys don't necessarily have in their game, that's what Yuta gets to bring for you. So even if it's Kevin Durant coming off the floor, Yuta can come in there and function with Ben Simmons and maybe and also function with Nicholas Claxton if they're still out there together. Vice versa, when you leave uh, Kevin Durant out there and bring in Yuta to play alongside of him, now you can go with just Ben Simmons, go with just Nicholas Claxton, and all of a sudden your front court continues to have this consistency and the options to say we're keeping two, if not three, perimeter shooters around these other players at all times. And that's the correction that this organization needs to make from last year to this year. I just, again... He's never he's never going to blow the doors off you, I don't think, on a highlight-to-highlight basis. And yet, by the end of games, I'm going to be looking back this season, I think, and saying, yeah, Yuta just did three, four, five things really well throughout the game, served his role, and that's what you need. Uh, I mean, look, if he can become, uh, two years ago, he's a 40% three-point shooter. He's 35% for his career. If he can turn into like a 38% three-point shooter because the looks are just I take that bet good. right now. The looks are going to be marginally better than he saw in Toronto last year that did sort of at times lack a little spacing because they went for size. Fine. Like, I think it worked. But um, I think that he's going to see considerably better looks this season with the Nets than he saw with Toronto. And I only say that to mean, like, that is maybe where the expectation can be by saying getting closer to the 40% guy that he was two seasons ago. If he ranges up to that in terms of three-point shooting, then it was just an awesome addition. Like that's, and that was it was a full home run uh, in terms of what his like what his time on the court could be. And I think it's the the 50% three-point shooting for the preseason is the sample size is way too small. It's eight total shots, but I think there's enough of a historical piece on him, even in somewhat limited minutes, to say that he could be a real contributor. And when you think about what the Nets need here, this is floor spacing is the number. I mean, number one thing, I think you would say like either like size on the interior or floor spacing. I think it's probably, you know, depending on what kind of fan you are, I think you'd, you'd choose one or the other. But it's clearly like they're going to need those two things because the other guys, the big three, do enough of all the other stuff to get you by, right? right? So, um, yeah, yeah, I think that it's been impressive. You were high on, on this signing at the time. So you were on this way, way early when they brought him in. Um, so nice job there. And I'm totally on board. I'm totally on board. I was never detractor, but I just wasn't that excited about it. But you were, and I think that it's everything we've seen so far is you've absolutely nailed this one. 
Coming up in a moment after I cool myself off from the compliments, we're going to talk about a a specific veteran and a specific second-year player that I think we may learn some things here potentially in this final preseason game that can tell us where expectations should lie going into the regular season. Okay, so the last thing then here for me is um, we can't get away from it. The Patty Mills preseason has not been um, what you would call good. I wouldn't call it good uh, at this stage. Combine that with, you and I have have been, I think, um, justifiably, we've been hard. We're we're tough. We're giving tough love to Cam Thomas and what he needs to do. First preseason game didn't show us anything that we wanted to see that we didn't already know. Second preseason game pulls the trigger from the outside, does some things. Coming into this third preseason game, saw some coverage on the Yes Network with him talking about the coaching staff specifically asked me to do certain things, be better in being a facilitator and setting up other players and do a better job from the outside. I've been working really hard on those things. I think it's going well. I, I think that this last preseason game and into the start of this regular season, Cam Thomas is poised to start to take over that role, especially if you think that you have enough with Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, even throw in a little bit of Royce O'Neal ball handling, maybe Sumner, whatever it's going to look like, right? These other pieces you've put in place, now, all of a sudden, Cam Thomas maybe can carve out this role for himself. That It doesn't have to look starkly different from what Patty Mills was doing last year, save that the three-point percentage might not be nearly as high. But we know the other element he brings from a pure scoring mentality. I'm not far away from saying that that should be flip-flopping and Cam Thomas should be closer to being a part of that first group off the bench and seeing respectable and consistent minutes night in, night out. Yeah, um, I mean, it's hard to know where to start here because, like, on the one hand, I'm with you. Uh, the Mills minutes have looked atrocious. Uh, like, I don't even – there's just no other word for it, right? <laughs> like, and my and cam and, opinion is directly directly tied to my opinion of what has looked like for Patty right now. Yeah, he's – I mean, Thomas is still taking fewer three-pointers per minute in – It's it, the numbers are never going to blow you away here, but he is taking fewer three-pointers per minute in the preseason than he did last season. Um, again, the sample size is too small to make any huge determinations – he, he at times had the ball in his hand a lot more last season than he probably will this season just because they played tons of the season without Kyrie and KD and with no Ben Simmons, right? So, like, mm-hmm. just by the nature of who they have, his on-court time will not have as much on-ball time as it had last season as long as the season doesn't go completely off the rails like it did last year. Like, that's why we saw that. You know, okay, my, let me put it this way. His usage, his usage will be lower this year than it was last year just because of the personnel. Yeah. And with that, Mills has been so bad that I – and I'm going to take a massive L here on the Patty Mills re-signing almost for sure. <laughs> like, and that's fine. I, like, I was not a huge detractor of the signing at the time. Took some lumps for it, and um, it's probably – it's going to be pretty hard for me to justify, I think. He's also not going to keep shooting 15% from three over the course of the season like he has in the preseason. And we already Thank know you. that his game – he needs to hit threes or else there's just no legit no point in being on the court <laughs> um so I, i'm with you i'm not as quick i'm not as quick to just throw him into the into the dustbin here but neither am i see I. What, but i see what you're saying yeah at some point and you mentioned it there and you assume the percentage comes back up but if he's not going to be hitting the three point with consistency oh, there's no point there's no then point then there's like, nothing there's, right there's, there's, no little, there's literally nothing there's literally nothing right. you can't guard anybody um, I you know I'm he's not I'm driving critic. the lane. He's not you know he's not doing that on the offensive. Like end we said, all. that he it, took that long two last night that made me want to just like throw something across the room. Like he yeah. just can't he can't ever do that. Uh, I'm just I'm not saying I'm just saying that 
I'm just saying that I just will. I can't jump off the ship this quickly because he is no. an elite three-point shooter, and when he is knocking them down at over forty percent, that is super. That is that has a ton of value for a team like this. It just through three games, he didn't do any of it, and when he doesn't do any of it, it's it's horrible. So um, and, that's just the only thing. No, no, and and that's fair to say. And I think so. My other part of this is kind of and, and boy, are we playing with razor thin margins here. But if you think about a guy like Edmund Sumner, who's looked pretty good, obviously in the preseason, dealing with that hip there, hopefully it's that that's a minor, not a major. He obviously last season, um, going back to his last time that he played, 39% for me on the arc, almost 40%, 33% for his career. Like that number's not good enough necessarily, but we always talk about the little bit of bump that you get playing off of the stars in that area of your game. You have Royce O'Neal now, can hit those outside shots. It's just at a certain point, I think that Cam Thomas is at least deserving of some minute share here. Yeah. And I also refuse to have, and this isn't even, again, it's like, it's not solely Cam Thomas specific, but I refuse to have two small players like this. I can't, I can't have them both. I can't be having them both out there, potentially just dragging down a little bit of these shares here to say nothing about when TJ Warren comes back at whatever point. We can't project that he's going to be Mr. Consistency, but then when that comes in, I'm I not going to sacrifice. Quick, let me just, can, I, Go ahead. can I just interrupt, yeah. interrupt you real quick? Not even get that far. Just get Joe Harris and Seth Curry back on the team. Like, when those guys are back on, like, right. I wonder if yeah. you see Mills just go down to nothing because at that point, you're going to play those two guys as floor spacers. It's really hard to play Mills with either of those guys. And I do wonder at that point if we see Mills just become an end-of-the-bench guy. I, I, I don't and know. I, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Good interjection, too, because maybe more to the point, it's like, okay, so now he's going to get pushed down. And Cam Thomas is also going to be down there in the background. And then when it comes time, when the little sample sizes come up, if Patty isn't knocking down the triples with consistency and Cam Thomas is doing some of the things we know he's capable of, all of a sudden, even in those small instances when you're going to utilize a player like this, I'm going to start to lean towards the guy that has obviously the upside that can come on, that can be something for you coming in off the bench. So that's something that I'm watching for here in the final preseason game and something, by the way, I'm going to keep watching into the regular season as well because, to your point, Patty could go 0 for 6 on Friday night. It's not going to tell me that he can't hit the three-pointer anymore. It just... I don't know, man. Maybe this contract all ends up being somewhat symbolic from the Brooklyn Nets and Sean Marks of saying, like, we know you totally dumpstered yourself last year for our sake, and it didn't, and it ultimately didn't mean anything, by the way. And that's okay. Like, I don't entirely, I, I know fans are going to scoff at that. You could have spent money other places. I, I, I hear that, and I understand it completely. And also, I'm never a guy that hates when an organization kind of does the, Hey, attaboy. Like, thanks, thanks for doing that because who knows what this would have looked like. We could have been a 30-win team last year if you didn't drive your body into the ground last season. Uh, you know, so there's leadership value there. There's veteran experience there too. So there's other things that this guy can do while exclusively being a cheerleader from the bench, but it's there for me. Yeah, I never thought about that actually as, the, as sort of like a pay for – I mean, most contracts are pay for past performance. Almost all of them are. Well, they all are when you reach this age, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like it's almost always paying for past performance. Uh, just when you reach Patty Mills is um, just like how many years he's been into this thing. I hadn't really thought about the about the part where it was kind of like a thank you. I I know what you're saying. I'm sure that fans are gonna. There's gonna be a certain group that's just gonna go nuts for this. Usually, I'm I'm the group that would go nuts for this too because you just shouldn't make decisions like this if it came at the cost of 
bringing back Bruce Brown oh, or yes. something like yeah. that. Like, yeah. right, you know, or just or anybody that's what else. fans are already talking about, right? Like, what for could sure, you have done sure. to have Bruce Brown and Royce O'Neal as opposed to Patty Mills? Yeah, so I, and I totally get that. I'm not going to, I can't really sit here and stand uh, on that one too too high. I, but I hadn't really thought about the, the part where they're paying for the, hey, we played you the most minutes of your career, and like you played the most minutes on the team last year, and that was what Patty Mills did. And, you know, maybe you're not as enticing to other teams now because you have so many miles on it and whatever it is. I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. I'm sure people are going to go nuts. I, like, I'm sure there's going to be some five comments in YouTube, 10, that are just going <laughs> to go crazy awesome. if that's the, yeah, yeah. If that's the Guess if that's what? The awesome. Because guess what? Like, the, the teams, you know, talent usually wins out the day in almost every scenario. But there, there's, there's the functionality, there's the continuity, there's the experience factor, and those things, they have a value. I don't know if they have the value of what they paid, Patty, but they have a value for organizations and for teams that are trying to reset themselves. And again, whether or not we agree with culture, consistency, toughness, whatever word we want to use now as the catch-all, the bottom line is I think Sean Marks, Joe Side, the organization, looked at Patty and said, this is a guy that came in and did exactly what we want from our role players, our backup guys, our experienced veterans. Like he represents everything that we want, right? So it'd be throwing out the baby with the bathwater to say, eh, the dollars are too much here and we'll take a flyer on player X or Y. So yeah, I know. So as good as, as maybe as honest as I was with you to Watanabe, I'm sure I'll get dragged for my, for my Patty take here. Oh, like I said, I'm taking it. I'm going to probably almost definitely take an L on the Patty Mills resigning here. I already have, I probably already have, honestly. I there's, um, go ahead. Well, no, one last thing to watch for here so we don't, so we don't get bogged down in it um, is also then we know the 15-man rotation. We've got two-way contracts, all this stuff. I, you know, DDJ, some early run in the preseason, seems to have faded over time. I, you know, I don't know what it's destined for with combined with some of the injuries. be fi- interesting to see as we get to number 15, right, who stays up, who stays down. Kessler Edwards has not been impressive. I'll put that mildly over the limited sample size we've seen in him. He's buried on the bench, but with the way the contracts work and everything else, there's a lot of housekeeping to sort out there. I don't, I don't know if early season, going into the regular season, any decisions that are made right now are necessarily a referendum on how the coaching staff feels about the best version of the team. There could be a little bit of play there as, as things get uh, unfold here over the first two, three weeks of the season too. Yeah, like I said, by the time you hit the third preseason game and you're running what's really close to your starters and then what you think is a regular rotation, I think we pretty much know that short of Harris and Curry at this point, it is the five guys we saw starting last night with Mills off the bench, Cam, uh, Morris, uh, Watanabe, and then Daron Sharp uh, sort of break glass if needed because the guys, the other team's really big. I think that's the, I think that's a realistic scenario for the first couple games, um, and we'll see about the Joe Harris thing. Hopefully, we have word uh, pretty soon. By the time you listen to this, we probably know whether the Nets guys are running here on against Minnesota. We are gonna. We usually yeah. don't record for the weekends. We are going to try to have a. Um, uh, a post game live on YouTube for following the Minnesota game. So just kind of keep uh, keep an eye out on that. You can follow me at Doug Nori or Adam at Adam Armbrecht on Twitter, and we'll give the updates there. You can also follow Locked On Nets on Twitter, so you'll know if we're coming at you post game live on YouTube, and just follow the YouTube channel as well. Those are the ways that you can help the podcast. You just click those buttons. That's you know four clicks takes you about ten seconds to do it all, and you can help the podcast. And that's really the number one way to do it. It's totally free. Really appreciate it. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Twitter. Hey, we're talking about Patty Mills and what his value is to this roster. You need people down here like him. And if you don't, I do. That is Henry the Fonz Winkler. Oh, one of the all-time great poets. We will be back again maybe tomorrow, but definitely next week talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.